0: on your monday episode of locked on raptors the raptors lose a heartbreaker on friday but they pull off a massive win in philadelphia against the sixers last night against a mostly fully healthy and operational sixers roster on today's show we're going to dig into scotty barnes and precious achua and why it's so interesting that they were trusted so much over the course of those two close games we're going to talk about of course the dudes of the game for both efforts and we've got some love to hand out to the rest of the crew for their wonderful effort against the Sixers on Sunday we'll dig into what went wrong down the stretch against the Lakers all that and more with Vivek Jacob from raptors.com on today's episode of locked on raptors oh like because I shot I expected to make it so like, I don't shoot kind of so. you
1: are locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team
0: every day going on? Welcome to episode number 1142, I think, of Locked On Raptors for Monday, March the 21st. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of raptorshq.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And, of course... You can subscribe to, follow, rate, review the podcast wherever it is. You get your favorite podcasts. We are up on all the apps. We're also on YouTube. You can go subscribe over there. We're over 1,700 subs now, pushing towards 1,750. Let's keep it going, baby. Thanks to everyone who has subscribed, and thanks in advance for you who is sitting on your couch yet to subscribe, who is uh, about to step on in and dive in and do it. So please go do it. Uh, Anyway, let's uh, get to today's show of course your first listener today thank you very much for doing that and making us the first stop along your raptors journey every day uh and as a reminder today's show is brought to you by our friends over at bet online who have you covered the season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online is where the game starts let's get to it the raptors with a very entertaining Weekend. They lose to the Lakers on Friday in what was a pretty fun way to spend a Friday night, all things told, even though they ended up losing it in very heartbreaking Russell Westbrookie in fashion in this one. Uh, Still lots of good things to pull from it. We'll dig into that. Plus, of course, a huge 93-88 win over the Sixers last night, setting up a massive game tonight against the Bulls a team that is just now a game and a half ahead of the Raptors in the standings. Here to break it all down, get into our biggest takeaways from the weekend, is our pal Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Big V, how are you, man?
1: I'm good, man. I am half in sundial mode that kind of moved out uh, once you got started, so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> but, uh, no, I enjoyed the Raptors win. Uh, it was a good weekend, so uh, ready to talk some hoops.
0: Yeah, man, it's a pretty exciting and fulsome weekend to dig into. We'll try to do what we do on these weekend episodes or weekend breakdown episodes and kind of amalgamate the two games and pull our biggest takeaways because no one game really has that much, but two games, baby, that's 141st of the season. Uh, Let's uh, dive in to our biggest takeaways from the weekend. Vivek, I will cede the floor to you. What are you thinking about here Monday morning after those games against the Lakers and Sixers over the weekend?
1: I'm thinking that at no point will we be able to be sure of what to expect from this team. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I mean, actually, uh, I feel like things are actually going the other way. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that was a popular takeaway that, you know, you, you look at the results and, uh, I can definitely see why you say that, but, uh, I thought the Lakers game, you know, yeah, they started out slow, but so did, they did start slow against Philly too. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think the effort level is there. I think the the synergy is coming together. Um, They're probably, you know, uh, figuring out some stuff with Kem and Precious in the starting lineup together uh, against Philly. Against the Lakers, I think that was a team that was very focused and determined after getting beat down by the Raptors in their own building and Mm -hmm. then uh, taking the L uh, to Minnesota and Pat Bev going all over them and oh, man. Uh,
0: <clears throat> it's so rough it's so rough <laughs>
1: yeah so so i think there was a lot to that game um and then there there was the end of game stuff that i'm sure uh scotty will continue to learn from uh, but yeah i think this team is shaping up nicely i actually think they are peaking at the right time and mm-hmm. come uh hopefully the first round of the playoffs They will be ready to give hell to whoever they get.
0: Yeah, I think from the outside, you could look at the Raptors and be like, I can't figure this team out. They're weird. They play all these weird guys. What the hell's going on? I don't know what this team is or how they play. But I think internally, they've kind of figured it out completely. And it seems like they know who they want themselves to be. You know, the defense, I think, was kind of the bellwether thing. All season, right? You think back to the early part of the year, and it's just not connective. There's no cohesiveness. The backline defense is miserable. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of struggling along around like the sort of middle to, you know, close to 20th overall in defense in the NBA for the first couple months of the season because that was not quite there. And they still hadn't really figured themselves out. Now I think like the blueprint is pretty clear. They've got the defense kind of on a string now. I think Precious Achua's sort of burgeoning rim protection over the course of the year has been a massive story because his rim protection now makes it so you actually have that backline defender that they haven't really had for this overly aggressive scheme since what Marcus Saul? like they didn't have it last year for damn sure and it's just it's kind of come together around Precious Achua and boy do I have some thoughts on Precious Achua we're going to get to probably the second segment of the show my god uh but yeah I I think you're seeing them kind of know what they are but there's also an element of them kind of testing the limits of some of their younger guys right and i think that was kind of for me the big takeaway specifically from the lakers game but i think we kind of saw it come through in the sixers game as well as much as pascal siakam was instrumental to basically everything that happened on offense for the raptors against philly down the stretch you know i I do think they've given a lot of trust and a lot of responsibility down the stretch of these last two games to precious achua and Scotty Barnes. And I, I like that. I, I think, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, oh man, they're already a 40-win team and they're on their way to potentially flirting with like 47, 48 if things go right. And hey, are they going to get like fifth in the Eastern Conference? Like that's very much on the table right now, but it also can't be lost that this is a season for learning and figuring out what you have in your guys and, and getting reps for younger guys. You know, start of the season, Nick Nurse, we're going to give Scotty all he can handle. And boy, oh boy, have they certainly done that. Uh, we saw what he did, obviously, in the Lakers game, and the just complete dominance more or less start to finish in that one over the Lakers until the last couple stretches of the game where young guy stuff happens, right? You have a turnover here, you flub an inbound late in the game, or if you get fouled, it's basically over there. And I, for me, like, I, I know people were pissed off about the Lakers game on Friday, losing that. You know, I kind of chalk it up to insane karmic strangeness in a lot of ways with, you know, the Russell Westbrook stuff. I mean, after the brick that he put up to almost seemingly kill the chances of winning for the Lakers, for him to come back and hit that miracle shot after moving his foot carefully off the line to hit it, like tip tip of your hat, I suppose, to Russell Westbrook for nailing that. Um, And people were mad about it and overtime didn't go super well, but I was fully okay with, hey, you know what? Scotty and Precious are the guys that got the Raptors to the late portions of that game. That's the time to let them try to figure it out, try to close a game on their own. It didn't quite work against the Lakers. Obviously, mistakes were made. But in a lot of ways, it worked pretty damn well against the Sixers, and I think they were sort of vindicated, even with the miss Scotty free throws late that seemed to threaten the whole uh, (laughs) idea of learning and then becoming uh, a better person for it. Um, You know, I think Precious in particular is fantastic down the stretch, but they were running a lot of stuff through through Scotty, relying on Scotty to be a guy in that sort of pick and roll action with Embiid and Harden with with Precious. Like, I, I think they were vindicated for riding things out. Where are you at with the whole? sort of balancing the development of these young guys and getting them reps versus, you know, seeing, you know, kind of prioritizing wins above all else and having see Yakim kind of close the show and Fred when he's available as well.
1: Yeah. For, I kind of look at it as just trying to maximize the ceiling for this, se- whatever's left of this season and going forward
0: mm-hmm. where,
1: uh, You know i I would even i know we talk about young guys but i would even include ken birch in this where it would ken birch said it himself on another team he's probably sitting at the end of the bench after the way he played uh you know about a few weeks ago uh and so i think the way nick nurse looks at it is kind of saying hey what am i going to need in the playoffs and what do i need to do right now to give myself the best chance of having that available right mm-hmm. and so uh you look at the options of uh, that open up now with precious being able to space the floor you look at mm-hmm. scotty being a playmaker and being able to stabilize bench units you look at uh kem birch and what he's giving you uh around the rim or even on the blitz where he's able to stick with guards um those are options that you need in the playoffs where yeah, yeah okay they might struggle uh, at times, but if it gets you closer to what you need, uh, and not even just the playoffs in the seasons to come, mm-hmm. then it's worth it. Like Nick Nurse, I think is okay with having some failure. You know, like the the one take I always hate is like, you know, you, Nick will go to a lineup for four or five minutes, and it's like, why would you ever do that? Like he has shown <laughs> since the championship <laughs> season. Like Nick said after the game, I didn't feel good about having Kim and Precious out there to start together. Mm -hmm. Right. And he was like, but it was something we wanted to have a look at. So we're going to do it. Yeah. And this is how you achieve ultimate success by not being afraid to fail. Yeah. And it kind of puzzles me sometimes that, you know, that the Raptors have had the ultimate level of success by doing some funky things and experimenting. And failing at times, but then also getting through it and figuring out other ways. And for them, it's kind of just like, hey, did we just you know, check all the boxes uh, of what we have on our to-do list? And now we have all the information that we need or we wanted to make yeah. the right decision when it matters most.
0: Yeah, Dwayne Casey hasn't been the coach of the Raptors for like 4 years now, but that should the the, the the memory should still sit in your brain as to like how stringent he was with his rotations and all right, this is our guys, this is our nine man crew and that's the that we're going to play the exact same way every single night. And we're going to win a lot of regular season games, but the playoffs are going to come, we're going to have no idea what the hell to do when things get weird and boy oh boy, are the Raptors positioned to know what to do when things get weird. Will it work all the time? Certainly not. They're still green. They're still young. They're still figuring things out. But, you know, I think for me, when I was watching that Lakers game in particular on Friday night, and I guess it's kind of amplified by the fact that Siakam was able to take over and kind of be the guy who organized things against that really uncomfortable Sixers defense. But on Friday, I was just sitting there like, yeah, you know what? We know Pascal Siakam can cook the Lakers. We know Pascal Siakam is like a borderline All-NBA player. We know exactly what you get from him and we know what you get from fred van vliet as well like those guys i think now the the fact-finding stuff with them is kind of over we know what they are at least in the context of the regular season we'll see how it all translates to the postseason but why not figure out what else you have right because you might not need scotty barnes to size up a matchup a hundred times in a given game and score you 30 points But maybe you will, and it's better to have given him the shot to actually close out a game in a low stakes fashion against the Lakers than it is to have it be the first time and you're up against the the Sixers and you're realizing, oh, he can actually kind of take it to their wing defenders, but he doesn't really have any reps at all taking over a game. I'm glad to see that he was kind of emboldened and he took 21 shots in both of these games. He didn't have a terribly efficient game on Sunday, but I do think it still kind of stands up that, you know, give him the run. Let him make mistakes now. Let him succeed now, and it's going to benefit you down the line. And trying different things is but by, by no means a bad thing, especially when you're 40 and 31. It seems to be working out all right. We're going to continue on, and I want to talk specifically about Precious Achua, who is uh, getting me all sorts of excited, and I kind of think he has like very clearly solidified himself as an obvious part of this core going forward with what he's done lately. We're going to talk about that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who make the best tasting protein bars money can buy. You just got to go and check them out and see for yourself. I'm someone with a serious sweet tooth. I indulge quite a bit, probably too much, and built Bar has been a great way for me to help at least cut into my bad snacking habits because instead of reaching for a bag of M&Ms or something at midnight, I'm just going to go have a built Bar and I'm having something that's sweet, that's tasty, that's good for me as well. And it's not just going to be empty calories that I feel terrible about in the morning. Am I referring to my own snacking habits last night after the Raptors game? Who's to say? Either way, go and check out built.com all of their bars contain an average of 130 calories 4 grams of sugar 4 grams of net carbs and 17 grams of protein way less than you're getting with your standard candy bar and they have flavors for everybody from mint brownie to coconut to white chocolate cookies and cream the limited time option they have kicking around there and a whole bunch of stuff in between always new flavors popping up on the website for a limited time run so go check them out before they are gone go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order that's the promo code locked 15
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. And we continue on your first listen of the day here with Big V, Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Precious a man, holy hell. Friday night against the Lakers, he comes off the bench, he scores 18 points, 7 to 13, 3 of 8 from downtown, 5 boards, And then he comes in on Sunday, starts, as you mentioned before, and closes as well, plays 34 minutes, 21 points, 9 boards, 1 assist, 9 of 15 from the field, 2 of 4 from downtown. The Precious Achua, like spacing is happening, like there's a lot going on with Precious right now. I think he's been the story of the last couple games. You know, obviously, Scotty is his own thing, and he's been the story of the whole season, but... Precious's emergence here is a super interesting thing, not only for this season, but for the future of this team as well. I think everyone's kind of been pretty high on Precious for you know certain stretches of the year. Hey, his defense looks really good. Hey, hey, he's shooting the odd three now. It, like, I think for now, it's pretty clear. Like Precious is a part of the overall vision this front office has, and he's going to be a core piece of this group. It's no longer a core five, I think we can refer to. It's got to be a core six with precious clearly entrenched in that group uh what were your impressions of precious achua's weekend where it's probably the sixers game we got to start with where he just was a destroyer of worlds on the defensive end against maybe the best combination of two players running pick and roll with one another in the entire nba you know, non Steph Curry, Draymond green division, like where are you at after watching this weekend for precious are the expectations through the roof? Are, are you penciling him in for, you know, a most improved player next season and 20 points a game. Let's get crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one thing I, like, you would have never thought that there was
1: someone who could potentially look at the Pascal Siakam trajectory and say, yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And you've got Precious, who at a certain point in this season, you were wondering if he needed G League reps. Yeah. And like you said, now he looks very much uh, a core piece of this team. He could single-handedly change the entire dynamic of that Kyle Lowry trade and how we view it. Um, Mm -hmm. He is spacing the floor I mean that's such a big thing when I was watching that game and he was knocking down those threes on those Pascal Siakam kickouts uh, yeah. or, or swings um I'm thinking first of all imagine Pascal and Scotty once they legitimately have shooters around them <laughs> yeah. and then uh you know you're thinking with Precious if he's got that going I mean the confidence that he takes every shot with uh, right now If you thought he was confident before when he was missing, (laughs) I mean, it's at a whole new level now. Uh, And so uh, what that does to complement his defense, his all world defense, I will say it like that guy can defend legitimately anyone like Mm -hmm. I think. Early, early in the season, you could see his ability to switch on to guards and defend on the perimeter and stick with them and use his lateral quickness. And then mm-hmm. uh, and then I think maybe a little bit of the problem he was running into was just like how to contest while sort of keeping pace with them. And that's where he'd sort of pick up his fouls. Uh, and, and now he's getting better and better at you know using his uh, you know the principle of verticality just understanding angles and all of that and so again that's something where you you just get the reps and you continually improve and you work at it and yeah he is scary good defensively it's going to be very difficult to leave him uh, uh, off the floor as long as he's making his threes like this and the last thing i'll add is Those few possessions where it's like five on the clock and he's like, I got it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and he's sort of bulldozing his way to the rim and putting up a little, uh, you know, floater or whatever it might be uh, Mm -hmm. and finishing. There is no way I would have imagined that um, about two, three months ago.
0: Yeah, man. I I mean, it's like I feel like his true shooting and stuff like that is going to be ruined because of the start of the season, and it's going to be hard to salvage. But like overall, he's putting together a really, really nice season, especially when you factor in the development arc and how things have come together. And and for me, like maybe this is too grand a proclamation, but I kind of think he. Is the secret to potentially unlocking the Raptors' vision this whole six foot nine? Everyone's the same size, everyone's a maniac thing. Like, Precious to me unlocks it in a way that nobody else on the team does and makes me think maybe they don't need to go get like a center, like a traditional center, right? Because he's playing the position with the same level of effect as most centers, right? Like, he's one of their better rim protectors, if not their clear best rim protector. He guarded Joel Embiid pretty damn well kind of just like taking those post-up moves into his chest and not moving. The dude is incredibly strong. He improves the Raptors' rebounding numbers whenever he's on the floor. And if he's going to space the floor as well, I think the limiting factor on this vision of playing with everybody the same size is can you find enough guys that size who can shoot? And if Precious can shoot, and you've got OG who is a proven shooter, and Pascal is up above 35%, and Scotty Barnes has been an eager catch-and-shoot guy, I think you can very easily, you know, in, in theory, roll out a lineup of like Van Vliet and an OBC, Ockham, Barnes and Precious. And you're not really giving up anything because you're enormous across four positions. You're going to rebound for that spot. You're going to crash the offensive glass as you do. And then there's enough shooting and playmaking out there that you can get by in a half court offense and possibly even really, really thrive. So like precious becoming this type of player. And since the all-star break, look, it's a 14 game sample. We can't get too crazy. He's averaging 25 minutes a game, but since the all-star break, 13.6 points, uh, 3.6, three pointers attempted per game. That's fourth. Most on the team, more than C. taking more than Boucher, more than Barnes only behind Van Vliet, Trent and Flynn. He's shooting 44% on those threes, 6.6 boards and assist a game. Like, he is doing a lot of stuff that really fits into this vision and makes the whole kind of idea, I think, sing in a way that nobody else on the roster does. Am I crazy to suggest that, like, the vision it could sustain itself on the back of what Precious Achua is doing alone? Or am I, or, like, you think at still some point, like, they're going to have to say, you know what, we need someone who's seven feet tall because that's just what everybody needs. I'm very much cooling on that idea of this is the Precious we're going to see.
1: I think you're right in that, you know, this is how this opens up the door for the Raptors to close games like this as soon Mm -hmm. as possible um, and play key stretches of games like this for sure. Uh, I personally just prefer having the option, um, you know, in case of emergency break glass, just to have that seven footer available. Uh, So, you know, has it shifted from me thinking that, oh, you need, a, a starting center that's seven feet and can do this. uh, Yeah, it, it has shifted. I, mm-hmm. I, I would say I'm comfortable with just having, you know, someone off the bench who's willing to give you, you know, 10, 15 minutes a night, whatever it may be, um, and can step into uh that role where you maybe, you know, you're, you're having a night where that type of guy is just really punishing you and you just need something different to turn to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, you know, makes sense in that, you know i feel like at the start of the season it's like oh man they got to go get themselves like a legitimate starter you know and it's just maybe not man like <laughs> he's uh, he's something else and yeah the defense we have to i think continue to harp on how good the defense was down the stretch last night switching on to james harden you know he got called for the one phantom foul and of course the ball was like, I am going to tell the truth here and rimmed out on both those free throws that Harden put up in response to that phantom foul. Um, you know, again, the the number of I, Will Lou posted like a video thread of all the different stuff Achua did against Embiid and just sort of, again, he was kind of bouncing off of Achua. He's like six inches taller than him or whatever the hell he is. And it's just, he was that thick and sturdy and kind of allowed the Raptors time to send the help that they were sending towards Embiid to force those swings make those difficult turnarounds even more difficult to get to for Embiid like just that little bit of resistance which they have not always had you know since Marc Gasol left against Embiid and I mean maybe we should stop framing it as a matchup the Raptors are going to have trouble with right like let's We'll we'll take a quick break. We're going to hand out the dudes of the game, but I do want to talk about this because, you know, maybe we have to throw away the notions that the Raptors can't handle Embiid without size because they continue to do it every single time they play the Sixers. We're going to get to that in just one sec. We'll talk some playoff stuff and then, of course, hand out the dudes of the games for the last two games. That's coming up. After we tell you about our friends over at Bet Online, it's that time of year again. College basketball's tournament is upon us. It has been wild. That TCU Arizona game was insane. I'm glad I didn't put money on it because I, I was just uh, like enjoying Eddie Lampkin do his thing. But if you're someone who does want to put money on games, who thinks you can predict who's going to win in a way that I certainly cannot, then you should be going to bet online to get all the info you need before you place your bets they are the best spot for your scores podcasts and news this season they've got all the odds contests and player props that you need and so much info for you so you're never making a bet without being fully informed and it's not just basketball bet online is your continued source for all the sporting wagering information needs that you might have you can do live betting they have futures odds for example the NHL trade deadlines today the updated odds for the cup final will be released this afternoon. If you feel like you want to go put some money down on the Maple Leafs after getting Mark Giordano, you can go and do that and you can uh, have some good times over at Bet Online, betting all your favorite sports. You can head to their website or use a mobile device to sign up today and learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, so picking up the thread from before the break, uh, the Sixers have proven to be a team the Raptors can give some trouble to. Uh, You know, the matchup was a fun one to think about going into last night because the things the Sixers do well are things the Raptors exploit. And in theory, the things Raptors don't do well would be things that the Sixers can exploit. You know, I'm thinking maybe sort of point of attack defense on quicker guards. Maybe James Harden is no longer a quicker guard, so that mitigates that. But Scottie Barnes certainly had some trouble with him. Um, you know, obviously the Embiid factor is huge, and not having a Marc Gasol is always going to leave you feeling a little bit queasy. Although as we've talked about, maybe things are coming around there. Um, you know, the Raptors are now two and one against the Sixers this year. They're three and zero against the Bucks. They're two and one against the Heat. Uh, let's keep it on the Sixers for one second you know thoughts on the idea that you know i think most raptors fans have kind of had them circled as the team they don't want to play in the first round having watched them last night and watched you know the the harden and Embiid era so far during which they're eight and three by the way they're not like losing games all over the place they look kind of embarrassing last night but the raptors have a way of making other teams look weird and unhappy and uncomfortable um thoughts on this like raptors sixers matchup and is the Embiid boogeyman actually something to be feared considering he's shooting like 36 percent against the raptors since 2019 and is like 50 percent against the rest of the league like it's very clearly a team that has solved him in some way shape or form whether that carries to the playoffs i don't know but are they the boogeyman that everyone has kind of painted them to be
1: look i think nick nurse knows how to make life difficult for the opposing team's best player and then yep. you have to look at what are the other guys going to bring to the table. Uh, is there a life to make? Is, is there a way to make life difficult for James Harden? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Maxi, I will say, is uh, a scary dude as the sure. third option. He's <laughs> he's really tough. And that's another guy that we should probably include. Uh, you know, those stretches when we're talking about Precious's defense. The fact that yeah. at times he was able to guard him too. Um, says a lot nuts <laughs> and, and so does tobias harris scare you
0: no captain we two for 13 no he does not uh, <laughs> uh does matisse Thybul scare you no can i uh, let me just say something about matisse Thibault. all right the man has hired a very good pr staff to do his bidding because when you watch him play Yes, he's long. Yes, he can block threes. Yes, he gets steals. He did not stay in front of Pascal Siakam or Scotty Barnes like once last night. And that's his job, is to guard the opposing team's best player. He did not do that in any way. And he's also just a complete zero on offense. Miss me with Matisse-Thibault propaganda. He's fine. He's not some, like, agent that's going to get them the title or anything. Rant over. Carry on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. I think... I think Matisse is a very good defender, but yeah. I think I think he'd be pretty exposed without Joel Embiid. I yeah. think he's someone who really depends on recovery. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of times you'll see his blocks, his steals, it's it's usually when he's trailing the play, uh, yeah. and he's recovering. And so part of that is you know, players getting ahead of him and then seeing him beat and you know. Pulling up in the mid range or whatever it is, taking whatever they can get. Right. And and yeah. that opens up the door for them. You know, you take away that level of rim protection, team, you know, players are probably going in there uh, a bit stronger, or a bit faster. And, and that recovery doesn't look the same. So, um, yeah, that, that's my rent uh, over as well. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, he, he doesn't put any fear for me. Can I envision at the end of a game Mike Breen going bang for a Georges Niang three-pointer? No, not really.
0: <laughs> Niang! No.
1: <laughs> so, like, you know, you you do what you can uh, against uh, the superstar that is Joel Embiid. And after that, you know, I think the Raptors will take their chances. Uh Obviously you can see those, those stretches, you know, in the playoffs, ideally the Raptors can't go 12, 13 shots in a row uh, without a make. Uh, And that's where Fred comes in. That's where hopefully OG is back and uh, being the guy that he can be. Uh, And so, yeah, I think the Raptors will just go into any series and say, yeah, there's ways to beat them. And, you know, I think, this team is very much on the rise like if, if you're looking at cleveland and thinking oh boy they could be really dangerous this next decade like you should be saying the same thing about the raptors i, I think the young pieces uh that they have complemented by siakam and fred yeah it, it, this team can be downright scary and whatever way they fall short in this postseason it's likely going to be because of inexperience and yeah and, i shoot,
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm with you man I, I i think this weekend was a really exciting one if you're a raptors fan you not only saw what they did against the sixers who i think right now just to kind of finish off that point like careful what you wish for want the heat or the bucks man i know the raptors have performed well against those teams but Giannis in the playoffs like this version of Giannis in the playoffs having won the title i want no part of that i'm good like all set and then with the heat like feel like you could ugly up a series and give them some trouble, but they're also really deep and we know what Kyle Lowry can do. And I feel like he's got another level he's going to get to in the postseason. So of those top three teams now, and I mean, the Celtics could easily be in that three seed very soon. They have just continued to steamroll teams and remain horrifying. Um, You know, I would much rather play the Sixers than those other teams right now, even with the Embiid factor, because of the way the Raptors can kind of counteract a lot of their other stuff and the way that like their transition game really, really punishes the Sixers who suck at transition defense. And, uh, you know, the offensive rebounding, I mean, the Sixers are like 20th in defensive rebounding, probably like 29th after last night, Uh, but they went in 20th to the last night's game. Um, You know, those are things the Raptors can exploit. They are, to me, the team you want of those top three. Uh, right now at least uh, but yeah but back to the point of this weekend I mean Scotty Barnes going for 31 17 and 6 like just completely fingers on the pulse of that entire game completely took it over you combine like the idea of like a leveled up Barnes with what we're seeing from Precious you know the nice signs we saw from Malachi Flynn before he got hurt if he can be a bench piece next season that's some extra shooting and ball handling that they desperately need like next year's team could be a bear man like the, the way that it's all kind of coming together you're looking at like what you're going to have f- five top 50 players on your roster <laughs> like yeah. teams with that many good players don't mess around and and you know like that that's a that's a quite an elixir i'm looking forward to that anyway quick due to the games here to hand out before we round up the show uh i want to hand out the first one to uh for the lakers game to gary trent junior vivek uh he had himself a really nice close to that game, and it has kind of, I think, really encapsulated what makes the Raptors so fun to watch late in games. Is that, I mean, we saw last night too. Their defense can be their biggest crunch time weapon, and their biggest weapon on offense is not necessarily one guy. It's that all of the guys can kind of burn you. And Gary Trent Jr. gets so many open looks because of the attention that guys like Barnes and Fred and Siakam Garner that he often gets these looks late in games. And you're pretty comfortable with him, man. He seems comfortable with him, too. Contest him, whatever. He's going to hit him. Uh, thoughts on the shot making from Gary Tran Jr. down the stretch of that Lakers game and sort of his role within that crunch time setup for this team?
1: Yeah, I mean, Gary is always comfortable with Gary. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. So uh, no worries about him you know, taking a last shot or being uh, used in the clutch, I think he's ready for the moment. He's, he's hit some big shots in a Raptors uniform. And so I have no problem with that. Um, you know, Fred is someone I look at as clutch scenarios, catch and shoot, or go to someone else. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't sort of like what kind of transpires when he's, uh, forced to create, uh, off the bounce in those Unless scenarios
0: screening for him, probably, but even then,
1: right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yeah, even with that, ideally, I prefer it the other way. <laughs> like, yeah, you be that trainer. inverted, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think Gary, you, you know, I think he's got enough uh off the bounce to just get to his spot and get the shot off. And I think that is something that is a separating factor uh, on this team, at least, right? Yeah. And, uh, don't have too many options that can do that gary is one of them um and he he takes that shot the same way he would a shot you know with eight minutes left in the second quarter so uh i think that's an important thing and uh yeah uh, the more opportunities he gets in those scenarios i think it'll serve the raptors well
0: Hundred uh, percent. Really enjoying Gary's late game heroics. Uh, he's done that a lot this season. Like again, it just kind of seems to find him in these late situations because teams load up on Pascal, and hey, there's a wide open forty percent knockdown dude with cojones the size of uh, his dad's winter coats. Uh, like it's. Uh, <laughs> it's- We can move past that. Uh, Shout out to Gary Trent Jr. We will (laughs) round up with the dude of the game for the game against the Sixers. I think this one clearly has to be Chris Boucher, who completely changed the tone and tenor of this game simply by being a maniac. Uh, His offensive rebound against the Sixers was incredible. The team as a whole pulls down 20 of them. Uh, Boucher himself with five off the bench, 12 points, only four of 12 shooting, but I don't care, man. The 14 rebounds overall, the block, the steal, uh, Chris Boucher, I, I mean, I, I made the point last week that I think it's pretty clear he needs to be back on next year's team. He just seems to fit exactly what this team wants in a bench piece. And if you're going into next season with the core six we talked about, plus a re-upped Chris Boucher and a Malachi Flynn there's eight in the rotation that I think you can kind of go war go to war with immediately. Uh, thoughts on the way Boucher kind of altered the game last night, and he was rewarded by getting to close it as well. <laughs>
1: And he was rewarded with an elbow to the face as well.
0: <laughs> boy, oh boy, was he ever?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think Chris Boucher to turn his season around the way that he has to be a true impact player. Um, I remember thinking earlier that the slow start to the season would, uh, you know, make his price range maybe settle to uh, the contract he, he had. And you. If you're the Raptors, that's like, oh, that's well worth bringing back. But I think if there's teams really paying attention, um, you look at what Chris Boucher has become and his market might be changing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think he's a really interesting piece now as an impact player, as an energy big um, that can come in and do a a bunch of different things. Uh, You kind of hope that three-point shot uh, continues to recover. I mean, pretty much since... The first two months, he's been at about 30-ish percent. And so mm-hmm. you're hoping that can continue to move up. Uh, but yeah, it, I think it's the defense, right? Like you look yeah. at the charges uh, to make that transition from saying, hey, I'm going to hunt blocks and I'm going to go block this shot and block that shot. And yeah, he's still a bit jumpy at times, but you can see the work in progress and you can see uh, that he's – processing the fact that hey there's there's a time uh, to go and try and block a shot there's a time to you know just stay solid positionally mm-hmm. uh, and help the team and that's a, that's a huge deal on the defensive end
0: yeah his defense last night was incredible and like it's wild how both he and precious seem to have kind of reined in their most irresponsible tendencies on defense and Look, again, you said there's still some jumpiness there, but that's kind of what you want, right? Like, you don't want an entirely soulless in position Chris Boucher. Like, sometimes you want him to be a little bit wild and erratic because he's going to make those big-time, large, loud defensive efforts and plays – but the way he's kind of balanced a little bit more and kind of found a little bit more control and things like that, the way he's fitting into the Raptors scheme in a way he just hasn't before, uh, it's a huge testament to him. And he he deserves a ton of credit. He deserves all the money he's going to earn this offseason, whatever the deal is. I'm hoping it's with the Raptors. They have his bird rights. They seem to have the inside track. You know, he's had success here, too. Um, you know, maybe there's a, a pretty easy marriage there, but man, uh, Chris Boucher, huge, huge player and a guy who has completely like the guy I'm probably the wrongest about on the Raptors roster. I think pretty comfortably, like I was pretty convinced that ah, he's not really a player who's going to do much for you. And when, when it matters, that is very much changed. He was closing last night against the freaking Sixers and guarding James Harden. So, uh, Good on him. We're going to wrap it there. Fun-ass weekend of Raptors basketball. Man, I'm excited for the game against the Bulls tonight. I'm loving just, like, the intensity of, like, all of the games because of how insanely close all the playoff races are right now. It's been a blast to watch this back part of the season. We will have you covered on tomorrow's episode Breaking Down the Bulls game. But, Big V, before we get out of here, anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there?
1: Just the regular stuff uh, raptors.com and uh, CBC Sports, and you can follow my work. On Twitter, at Vivek M. Jacob.
0: Go and follow our pal, Big V. You can follow me at Woodley Sean. You can support the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Follow, subscribe, rate, review on all the different apps. And you can go to YouTube and subscribe to the videos on there. Really nice week last week on the YouTube. So thanks to everyone who watched. Any new viewers or listeners, thanks for coming along for the ride. And uh, we'll be gearing up here for the stretch run. Just, what is it, 12 games left? 11 games left? Holy God. Uh, it's very intense. The game against the Bulls should be a huge one as well. We'll break it all down on tomorrow's show. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen Locked on NBA as they are breaking down the nightly slate every single night. And I'm constantly texting the host of that show, just offering my own little propaganda notes for them to get Raptors' takes in there. Uh, so you might hear some Sean inspired stuff in the fabric of Locked on NBA each day as well. So go and support that show. We will talk to you again tomorrow. Bye bye.